Folk, noise, electronics, improvisation. How can radical music help us manifest new possibilities for thinking and imagine new ways of organising community through ritual behaviours, actions and languages? Rare performances from CS and Cream, Maria Moles and EFP will reignite our ritual community music series for 2022. Circling bodies, hallucinatory sounds and luxury systems will take place at the Meat Market Pavilion on the 11th of February. EFP is the performance moniker of UN artist and musician E. Fishpool, whose highly crafted compositions are at once intensely expressive and also beautifully open-ended in their abstraction. Grounded in First Nations oral and sonic pedagogies and the unbreakable obligation to listen to land and country, EFP's work communicates across many layers, inviting the listener into complex worlds of sound and knowledge. Ahead of their performance for Liquid Architecture, EFP talks through their process of collecting sound, finding rhythm within themselves and their environment, and what to expect from their live performance. My name is Emily Fishpool. I am a Budoing person of the UN Nation. I go under the name of EFP or E Fishpool and I make experimental music using field recordings. And I guess, like, broadly, my practice is about like processing emotion, um, like things like trauma and kind of being able to like allow that into my music in a way that can be really restorative and sound, like kind of creating a sound for that and often that sound being quite beautiful and quite emotive. It kind of feels like through that the practice, like I'm creating an extension of like, it's almost like a field recording in and of itself or like through my body and through like the sounds I create, even if they're like not a sample from country, just like, like everything's a sample um but yeah i think that's also like a, a part of the practice that maybe is harder to articulate and i guess that's the whole point it's like you can articulate things that you can't articulate with words with music and sound In terms of the way that I collect field recordings, I usually just get them on my phone. And I think that that's just influenced by my cousin who's doing his PhD. And he's like, honestly, I bought a Zoom recorder and my iPhone recorder is just better. (laughs) Or like as good. Um, So I tend to just collect stuff. Like, I I guess I usually end up collecting stuff almost every day. But I'm on country most days or I'm always somewhere. So like... There's a way that those sounds just come in anyway um, and influence yeah. the way that I structure my music. And in terms of the, the people, I think I hear people in my music and I guess like at different times 
there are people who are influencing my life in a certain way that I think just influences the way I interact with country and everything. I guess when I was just making the album, I, I feel like I could just hear certain people in tracks or like I knew that there were times when I was like close with some people or potentially like going through harder times with those people or learning a lot from them that it was kind of easier to pick up on that they were there. But I also just didn't know what to name the tracks as well. So I was just like, I'm just going to do this. But I think it feels, it, it definitely feels true. And um, I guess as an extension of what I was saying earlier, it feels much easier to articulate my emotions or the way that I feel about people through, I guess, like arranging music or making music. And it's, it's nice to be able to gift that to to people specifically as well as sharing that um, in in the the form of like a live show. kind of interesting I was thinking about this the other day about how I don't know I've just been reading a lot thinking a lot about like um what it means to like dream or what it what it, like the kind of like existing in your own head and um thinking about that in relation to like having autism and getting to this point where I'm getting older and I'm like I enjoy spending time on my own and like music's really, really important for me because that's usually what I'm doing when I'm on my own, but then it's something that I can share with people. And I think that people feel like they can know me through that. But in terms of like thinking in sound, I always, I think just as a kid, I guess like it is related to autism. There's something called stimming. It's called like it's self-stimulation and it's seen as a, a bad thing in people who have autism. And it's usually like, if you Google autism, it's like, how do I stop my kid from stimming? Stimming is just creating rhythm. It's vibration. Like I would stim to music or I would stim with music in my head. And it was like, it was just the most like comforting thing to me. And I still do it, but I also do it through music. I think that people often comment on like how much I move my body <laughs> when I'm playing live, even though I play ambient music. They're like, I've never seen someone dance so much to music that doesn't have a beat. But I think that there's always like, a beat going in my head and I remember when I was a kid I grew up like quite poor and there was just a lot of stuff going on in the house so I wasn't I didn't grow up playing music or having lessons or anything sort of structured but I would listen to music all the time like I'd wake up really early and just put on rage and I remember like using my tongue to like and hitting it on different like teeth and trying to like learn the drum beats through doing that it, like I would practice it and and then it kind of like I would start doing it with my hands, like just trying to like get hit different parts of my hands, like mimicking mm. um, the different sounds like cymbals and the kick drums. And I just always dreamed of getting a drum kit. But I was just like reflecting the other day because a lot of my music is very beat driven and it feels really exciting. I was just like, oh, well, like I've actually like I'm living the dream that I had when I was a kid. Like I'm 
making music and I'm making drum beats. Uh, I think the stuff, the music that I make is like, I'm really, really into um, cacophony and I, I definitely don't force it. And it's obviously becoming like, there's a lot of stuff that's coming out about that and how that can be a way to decolonize how we listen. Yeah, I was thinking about it yesterday, actually, when I was walking and hearing cicadas and how like, they just like go quiet. Um, at certain times and talking more broadly to a friend of mine who's um, an ethnomusicologist and has done a lot of research um, on UN country on like song series and things like that and he was talking about how like there isn't like like the way that we even understand cacophony to be an environment is like like not completely true in in the way that we currently understand it and like that it's not there isn't like stuff going on or there isn't rhythm going on that's like that isn't just like constantly changing in relation in relation to like the other sounds or signals that are coming out of either people or other insects or animals or just like weather as well and I guess I was just like oh man like what does it mean to even like what even is a rhythm? Like, obviously it's just like in your head when you're um, arranging music, especially in Ableton. Whether it sounds good or bad, like I don't, I think about that line a lot. Because <laughs> when you have a field recording, if you just have like a raw field recording playing through a track, it obviously isn't in time, but it is. Like there's no, you don't really question it. But I think if like, if that happens in other forms, like if you're playing um, like a grand piano and you're out of time, people might be like, oh, but it's like, I like playing piano. Like, especially when I play improvise on piano, I like when it can be out of time, but you're kind of like speeding up and slowing down. And yeah, I'm just kind of interested in like how people hear that. I compose melodies, like I, I play a lot of improv, I just have a weighted keyboard at home and I play that every day, usually for about an hour or so. And then I'll just like record that and then use like those compositions and pull them apart and turn them into loops and things like that. I do drums either like just in Ableton, like using like arrangement view, like looking and kind of like just looping and adding stuff. But then sometimes I'll just like use my hand. If I come up with something in my head, I'll just like do it on the piano, like create the beat and like load it into a, like an instrument to a drum kit. Yeah, I find it really hard to 
make stuff just in arrangement view. I guess because I never learned how to read music, it really isn't there for me, like any of that kind of, like kind of writing a score or being like, being able to think in that way and then write it down and then play it. It's very much like it has to come straight <laughs> from my body or it, usually it's like that is leading and I'm always like a few steps behind in terms of like my brain and the way that I can actually conceptualize what it means other than like that it just comes like some form of energy coming out of my body. I guess the set's composed of like about 90 loops and I just trigger them all live. Like I, I go, I go through it. Like I sort of practice and I think a lot about transitions and things like that, like pulling apart certain elements of a track, like the track will usually be, I guess like 10 or 12 or maybe even like only three of those loops. And I usually try to like, everything's like kind of can line up in some way, which obviously makes it easier to not go out of time when you're triggering stuff live. But I also really like it all seeming like one really long track rather than like having breaks and kind of figuring out like where to put things together. And yeah, I guess like points of intensity and I used to kind of play like hybrid sets where I'd have like stuff in arrangement view. And I found that a lot harder because I, you'd just have to be like quite in time and quite aware of when like things were going to change. And I think it can be really enticing to do that because you can make it sound really, really good and know that it's just going to sound good. Um, like get all your drops and stuff really like they're just there and then playing components or playing chords over the top of that. I guess I, I kind of like the experience of public vulnerability, but also, yeah, like as I, I guess looping back to what I was saying earlier, as someone, like I have a disability that I'm, I'm still like trying to figure out what it means as an adult. It just feels like a way that I can be completely myself and it doesn't, and share with people in a way that like there's no question about it. And that's why I'm not afraid to like, make mistakes, which I do a lot. I enjoy like putting myself in that position as well and being able to continue. And but yeah, I'm, I'm sampling a lot of uh, Jade Waterhouse's music. I'm really, really excited about it sounding really, really beautiful.
I feel quite like connected to the, my practice at the moment. I think specifically because I've made a choice to like move back home, like on country and my whole life right now, like is being here and being with my family. So I'm not like living somewhere else, trying to like create, like kind of reflect like my identity or my country mm. through only having those field recordings. And I think maybe if I was further away, I would be honing in on that a little bit more to make it. Um, Cause I, I think that whenever I'm away, I'm like missing home or feeling like I'm not like completely myself. And that's like my whole practice is about like, I guess who I am, but also about my family. So I think cause, cause I'm here, those sounds are coming through, through like, I guess like my body is a conduit for what I hear at every moment of the day. And then it comes out in my music, but I'm definitely more interested in like, like using like raw field recordings and just like extracting like the melodies and the harmonies and then turning that into like drums, which I've done like a bit and it doesn't, doesn't sound very good. I think especially in electronic music, like it's like inserting a pad into that, like that melody that's there from the field recording. It sounds really strange. And I think that a lot of, like, I think that's why people don't like experimental music because I could write like a thesis about, you know, what that is and people would be really intrigued by it. But when they listen to it, it's like, whether it sounds good or not or what it evokes in you is like a whole different thing. And I, I think that's very interesting. This recording was produced by Mara Schreitfeger for Liquid Architecture on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this land and recognize that sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Liquid Architecture is an Australian organization for artists working with sound and listening. To support our podcast and publishing, head to patreon.com slash liquidarchitecture.